Shelf Pleasure contains strong language and descriptions of sexual acts and violence. It is intended for mature audiences, and listener discretion is advised. Additional themes may be discussed that listeners find triggering, and we encourage all listeners to check the episode descriptions for content warnings to decide if this podcast is right for you. Welcome back, friends, new and old and middling, I guess. We're alive. Yes, we're back. You are listening in to Shelf Pleasure, a smut and romance podcast, and we are your hosts, Kelsey and Krista. And we are back from a very lovely break and bringing you our first book review of 2024. Uh, but before we get into our read, I guess it's important that we warn you that we're going to spoil just like everything. Although maybe just maybe because this book is so long, we should say most things because there is no way we get to the level of detail that this book has. Oh, God. I mean, I'm prone to rant. So who knows? I I tangent a lot. So but if that's a deal breaker (laughs) for you, which we respect, uh, just hit pause. Uh, Come back to the first 2024 episode at a later date uh, whenever you're ready. And of course, if spoilers don't bother you or you're just like, I'm never going to read this book, then by all means, stick around. And that's what we're here for. Yes. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) To to read, to get through your TBR quicker. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So we read it so you don't have to. Uh, Although sometimes it just turns into like, please, God, someone else read this because I want to talk about it with more people. I want to cram it into every conversation I have. Yes. The hyperfixation when it hits. Yeah. So, uh, but as always, please never take our opinions as, like, a personal attack on your taste. When I say that, like, I love something or I hate something, the other half of that statement that goes unsaid is, for me. I love something for me. I hate something for me. And, you know, that's totally fine if you don't feel that way. Uh, And we would love to hear, like, what you think about the books that we pick, especially if you're reading along with us. If you're doing the work, please, God, tell us what's, what's going on. Um, before we get into the book, do you have any editor's notes to go over from the last episode? If I had them, they're lost to the ether because... Yeah, it's been so long and I like don't even remember things that happened to me yesterday, so... It was very nice, like, just to like not have to do any, make any effort towards anything. Yeah. I was trying to think of the best way to phrase it, like outside of my actual job. Like, it was nice to just have... Free time, but like, we, I, but I like I do enjoy recording. But it it was also nice to have a little break because we yeah. haven't had one in so long. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot. So, well, let's get into it then. So for this month's episode, we are going to be talking about Icebreaker by Hannah Grace, and this is a contemporary college age romance. And I guess it kind of delves into sports romance, but there's not so much like sporting action that I would throw it wholly into that category. It's more centered on like the college experience than like the fact that the main characters are both athletes. Um, but I guess worth noting. I, I feel and then like, I, I feel like it's like it's heavier in the beginning, and then like it loses kind of the sports thing. And then it's a lot more like, Hey, we do this thing. And this is what there was the result. Yeah. You don't spend a lot of time like in the sports. Um, no, which I actually would have liked more, but, uh, and I want to get ahead of things. And of note, uh, this was a first time read for Krista and a reread for me, which is always fun. Um, so 
Anastasia, or Stasi, is a figure skater and a student at University of California Maple Hills, or UCMH, where she lives with her two friends Lola and Aaron, who is also her skating partner. Nate Hawkins, our other main character, is a hockey player and student at UCMH, where <laughs> he wakes up really hungover one morning to find out that one of the school's skating rinks has been destroyed by unknown vandals. And unfortunately, those vandals have not been found. And so all athletes are kind of put on notice by the athletic director and hockey and skating are forced to share until the second rink can be repaired, which is unknown date at this point. Yeah, like TBD, it's going to be a while. It's a nightmare. Yes. And the hockey team's reputation for pranks immediately puts all of them on Stassi's shit list because she's like, there is no way this isn't your fault. Nate manages to do a bit of damage control at a hockey party later on, but it's quickly undone by Aaron being Aaron and spreading a rumor about why the rink was trashed. Uh, Luckily for Stassi, she has an excellent friends with benefits situation with another athlete, Ryan Wathwell, who plays basketball. And he talks a little sense into her. She's very dramatic at times. Like, most of the well, times. I think it is, like, it turns out that there is a potential reason that, like, it's someone from a rival team was getting revenge for one of the players, like, sleeping with his girlfriend, like, unknown. or There is, like, some yes. connection to it. And, like, Stasi gets extra upset because Nate is like, I swear, like, we had nothing to do with it. And then it comes out, like, they're probably was something. Aaron blows it out of proportion and kind of makes up a lie and, like, of what it, like, kind of takes the truth but twists it and turns it into bullshit. There are no bitches messier yes. than Aaron. Oh, God. So, so he's, my, like, my note is literally that he's a pissy, jealous douche, so. Yeah. So, just trying to create drama, so that's, that, I feel like that's a good summary of Aaron as a character. Yes, like a one-sentence summary. Yes. So, but Stassi's friend with benefits, Ryan, kind of talks some sense into her about Nate protecting his team and, you know, not coming forward with what he knew about the the rink trashing because he is a leader and it's his job to protect them in the same way that, like, she would protect someone. Um, th- which doesn't take anyone off of her shit list, really, except yeah. for a player named Henry because he goes to her and apologizes to her for all of the trouble with the rink. And he's so just, like, sweet and earnest that he, like, wins her over immediately and, like... Oh, like, she can't help it because he's just, like, he's such a good, good dude. But the the athletic department and the hockey coaches are just, like, another matter completely when the real reason for the rink getting destroyed comes to light, which involves, and I'm not making, all of these are shoots, uh, ac- accidental pregnancy, lying about paternity, revenge, it's all very sordid. Uh, yes, and, like, the player, like, didn't really get her pregnant, but she was pregnant by... And she lied and pointed the finger at someone. It's very heavy soap opera drama-level drama. Yeah, and so the hockey team is told, all right, any other fuck-ups, and the team is folded, the players are expelled, like, you're never playing hockey again, pack your bags, kid. Uh, So hockey and skating are going to have to be working together for the foreseeable future, and to kind of... uh, repair the reputation of some of the hockey players in the eyes of the figure skating group. A speed dating icebreaker, see what they did there, 
activity is set up to help everyone get to know one another. And the boys are largely very sweet and funny, and they kind of wear down Stasi's resolve to hate everyone forever because she's very type A. This is like interfering with yeah, she's the way like, she schedules her life. Like I, and everything is in order, and you guys are like messing with that, and I'm gonna hate you forever. But then after this, she basically likes everyone except for Nate. But they kind of come to a truce. Yes, but she's still kind of for no reason just being like oh I, I can't but you I can't stand it's her like play fighting with Nate and it comes to a head later at a birthday party for at, at the hockey house for one of the other guys Robbie where Nate kind of calls her bluff in his room and he ends up on his knees for her and there's a really strong component of getting verbal consent in these books which I mightily enjoy um, especially because so much of like like, the college experience revolves around, like, parties. Are, are people drinking? Are mm-hmm. people not drinking? Um, there's a really strong, like, consent line drawn, especially with Nate. Um, I mean, which makes sense because this is, like, his book. Um, but I was happy to see that she, like, was really careful about how she, like, framed these, uh, these like, hookup scenes between the two of them. Less enjoyable was Stasi running off immediately after and then avoiding Nate for almost a, like a week um, and then getting a head injury during practice because she's trying to she's working on a a quad Lutz right I have a bit yes and I have a big beef with this because putting in like in pairs figure skating seeing that someone is trying to do a quad Lutz is fucking insane like, it's like you basically Googled, what's the hardest jump to do in figure skating? And making it do, like, it's just an unheard of jump. Because, mm. this, like, the part point of pairs is it relies more heavily on, like, you being in sync and being able to do um, things, like, synchronized. So it has less emphasis on, like, these big jumps and things like that and more about synchronicity and things like that. So I was like, I grew up watching figure skating and I have a decent knowledge of it not like expert level I didn't skate myself but that was one I immediately clocked where I was like a quad is something that it's more common now in men's single skating but even like females single skating it's very like it's still not very common like women are still trying to land a triple axle so to put that in there I was like this I was like come on, like, did we do any basic research on figure skating when you decided to write a book about a figure skater? I, everything it drove I, me absolutely insane. Everything I know about ice skating comes from Yuri on Ice, which is men's singles. Yes. So, like, I, which is to say I know, like, a small amount of things about one specific group. Um, so this I had no idea on. Yeah, um, like, it's one where I'm like, oh, they, and especially, like, just because he can land it, they wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, but, like, so you should push yourself to do this when almost no woman is doing this. Like, if she was landing quad lutzes regularly, like, you are in the top, like, elite female figure skaters, like, almost of all time. Interesting. <laughs> like, it's wild. Um, well, she's not landing them. She's no, careening she's into walls Which, with that, them. So that was realistic. Yeah, she, she's having a hard time. Uh, Because her partner is landing them, and she is working towards it because Aaron is just kind of like, 
it feels like he like puts in no effort and is just really good at figure yeah. skating. Where Saucy like works very very hard, and they want a shot at Team USA in the next Olympic cycle. So she's like, well, if I can get this, then like we have to be noticed. Uh, but I think it's after this injury that her coach is like, yeah, no, we're taking this out. Yeah, you're, like, you're doing a triple. I can't believe her coach was even like letting them attempt this. Like that uh, again. I I don't want to harp on it, but it's fucking insane. Yeah. So. So she she gets it's not a concussion. She she like cuts her head open. Nate administers first aid because he's like in um he's in like sports medicine as a major. So it he's got like some basic first aid training he's put into use here. And they um miss their chance to like talk things out when he shows up early to practice, but he does manage to like do a little bit of it when they are uh tidying up her flesh wound <laughs> her flesh wound <laughs> so um but of course Aaron like ruins the moment so it doesn't get a chance to go anywhere because- no hardly um that's like most moments that involve Aaron <laughs> yes but he's, he's a life ruiner but but there uh, is it what what comes first is it regionals Regionals, sectionals, nationals. I can't remember, and honestly, I don't think it really even matters. I think it's section, I think it's section region, and then national. But so Saucy and Aaron do well. You asking that is more research than was done on the rest of the skating in this book, or even the hockey. So, so the. It's Aaron and Stasi win their respective competition at the same time that Nate and the hockey team also win a game. And um, so they go out to celebrate their respective wings wins. And Nate and Stasi dance and they try not they to have sex the, in a crowd. They go to a club called The Honey Pot. I did giggle at that because. And I, I was like, it's hard. Like, I, I found it hard to not believe that this was just like to buy that this was just a club and not a strip club. I was like, that is a strip club name. And also to not think of Outlander with the like. That's why I laugh. Honey pot is fair. Yeah, <laughs> you're a rare woman. Um, yeah. So they're out. They're dancing in this club. It's like getting very steamy, and then they get back in an Uber. And I had to like actually sit and think about how the fuck they were positioned in this Uber. I did too, because I was like, I kept thinking for a good while. I was like, isn't someone right next to them? I thought Henry was right next to them. I thought so too. And but they're in that like was a just like an oversight that I was like, isn't he right there? I mean, I've done. I don't. I don't want to talk about the embarrassing, ridiculous shit I did in my early twenties that was in the same room as friends. So this was believable, but I was. It did make me think like, oh, I was a nightmare. I just kept thinking, poor Henry. Like See? I love Henry the most. I was like, he's so, right there. Like, but he's not. He's no, in a yeah. bench. So it's like three row seating, and Nate and Saucy are in the back. <laughs> And he's finger blasting and he, her. Yeah, he's fingering her on the way home. And, and I just kept going, Jesus Christ. Like, I've read this before and the scene still stresses me out because, like, public <laughs> stuff. Or I'm like, oh, God, your friends are this right some, here. This is some taxi cab convention shit. Yeah. <laughs> when they get back to the hockey house, Nate says, they, Stasi thinks they're going to have sex. And Nate says, I don't want to have sex with her. Uh, or I don't want to have sex with you because, like, you've been. I want you to want me when you're sober. Yeah. And Stassi takes that as rejection, which she doesn't handle rejection well in like any capacity, but definitely not with like a frenemy romantic partner situation. Yeah. Like, she feels very um, embarrassed and rejected. And then as soon as he falls asleep, she calls an Uber and just bounces. But she, tr- well, she tries to bounce in a, it just in his t shirt. 
Like, <laughs> she's, just, she's just drunk, which is responsible and reasonable that he's like, I don't have sex with you right now. Um, right? I was like, I feel like, the, I was like, it is a pretty common thing of like the, oh, one of us is drunk and I'm not going to sleep with you. So yeah. then it gives you reason to be like upset with me and tension. And just despite- like it is like that is like a common trope. But yeah. I was like, it is. Res- but it, it's one that I'm like, I respect this. Yeah. Exactly. And and despite them being college students who fuck up a lot in, like, the way they deliver things or the way that, like, they react to situations, as you do at 21, they are really good about communicating with each other quickly and resolving whatever kind of tips they have. So you don't get this, like, drawn-out miscommunication trope. Um, I found – but I do feel like in some ways – Sometimes it makes some of the drama feel a little unnecessary. Like, it's just thrown in to be drama because you're just resolved. Like, things happen and then they just immediately get resolved. So, they're ha- they like you keep getting all this dramatic stuff just thrown in and getting quickly resolved. So, it's almost like it needed more of a balance of, like, I appreciated the good communication. But then, like, some of the drama, I was like, this is just too much. That And it got, like, for me, it got, like, a little repetitive, where it was, like, she's mad at him, they fight, they hook, like, they go to a party, they hook up, and then she's mad, and then repeat, and then throw some skating practice in there. This is my qualm with, like, pretty much every contemporary romance, and it is just that if you're going over 300, 350 pages, like, you're not being concise enough in your yes. storytelling. You, do, like, you don't need to be that long. And Jesus, even some fantasy authors, I'm like, you need an editor who knows how to tell you no, because this shit is too long. And this story has gotten just, like, it's, like, in the words of Bilbo Baggins, like, butter over too much bread. <laughs> um, it's just, like, you've really I, stretched I, like, this out. Very, I, like, listened, like, very attentively. I was like, what's the Bilbo quote? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Butter scraped over too much bread. My magic word, Bilbo, go by Bilbo Baggins. He's he's good for quoting all the time. Um, But yeah, so she she doesn't leave the hockey house. She goes and sleeps in Henry's room. They're like, girl, go back upstairs and go to bed. You're not leaving in a t-shirt in the middle of the night. Um, So as part of their like play fighting, um, despite some like, heavy attraction to each other, Stassi gives Nate a challenge where she says, I'm going out. Um, if you find me before midnight, wherever I am, I'll ask the D. And Nate is, like, scrambling She's, all she over. She literally says that he can fuck her mouth. Yes. Which, you know, I hated. But also, I feel like it was that she was actually getting mad at him because hockey practice kept running over and cutting into her skating practice time. Yes. So, like, she was pissed. And then, like, but it does develop into, like, oh, like, let's have this fun competition and she gets the whole team involved to basically hide from him. And he thinks that she's out, but really they're at a party at his own like hockey house. So one of Nate's best friends, JJ, who is like a menace, but like in a good way, uh, Stassi is able to like very quickly convince like, Hey, do you want to do something that's going to annoy Nate? And the two of them are just like, they just like, um, what is the word? Um, they collude together. Yeah, like to know, cause like at trouble. At the club, there's like a moment where she like sits on JJ's lap to make Nate jealous and stuff. So yes, yeah, they, like they like join together to kind of bust his balls. Yeah, and Nate manages to come into a party at his own house where she's been the entire time, right after the clock runs out. Um, and he 
snatches an opportunity to make her jealous, which I enjoyed immensely. Um, because she thought she thinks she's won. She's like pulled one over on him. And then a girl who Nate had been chasing, he's a senior now, so since he's a freshman, um, asks him to use like the bathroom. Yeah, they like, have like private, but their rooms have like codes like to lock in their rooms. They all have private fucking yes. bathrooms. It's the most. But it's like a ha- it's a house, right? It's not a dorm. And no, no, it's it's, it's a rich house. Dad bought Every, it. It's in LA. Everyone's rich here. Like this school is just full of like nepo babies. And, oh yeah, actually, that's really true. Yeah, like everyone's got money at this house except for Sassy, who is like a normal, like middle class kid. Although you can't even like be that middle like, class. I feel like she's like upper middle class because she's yeah, a, a figure, figure skater. skater. I'm like. And also, like, I think it comes at one point, she's adopted. Yes. And I'm like, it's expensive to adopt a kid. That's true. Yeah, so she's upper middle class, at least. But she's yeah. just not as rich as the rich kids. Yes. So this girl asks <laughs> Nate to use her bathroom. And Stassi immediately thinks that, like, he's going to hook up with her and gets jealous. And she's had this very strong conviction that, like, she doesn't have time for a boyfriend. Her life is scheduled to the nines. Like, she, she just is looking for, like, no commitment like fun, like whenever you can get scheduled in. Yeah, um, which and is so, what she has with had with this guy Ryan, who like I think they end up calling things off because Ryan is interested in uh, like another girl. Yes, exactly. Um, I, as you can tell, I've skipped a lot of details just because there's so much to get through. It's, yeah, I was like, it's hard to know like what is worth skipping and what's worth keeping in sometimes, depending yeah. on where the conversation goes to. Exactly. Um, so she's experiencing jeale- jealousy, which she hasn't really felt before in her previous adult relationships. Um, and it really, it just shows that the affection, attraction, antagonization isn't just one-sided towards Nate. Like, to her, I, well, to us, the readers, like, we know. But this mm-hmm. is the first time, like, Stasi is experiencing it. Um, and they finally have sex. <laughs> And oh my, Hannah Grace can write a spicy scene. She, okay. I was not, in, I, I had trouble connecting with the spice because for me, I wasn't connected to the characters. Like I wasn't really into them. I wasn't. So for me, I was like, it was almost like I was reading it through like a window or like having had an out-of-body experience where I was like reading certain things where I'm like, I could see how other people would find this hot or maybe normally like I would be into this but because I just wasn't interested in I like I wasn't interested in these characters hooking up I was just kind of like okay like I'm I'm just like they're just words on a page like and I I know that in romance every guy has a massive dick I know it but sometimes I can't fucking take it. In this book, I was at my absolute limit. I was like, there's no way this man's dick is this fucking big. Like, at one point, he puts it in and she's like, oh, of course. Like, you would just put it all the way in in one go. And he's like, I'm not even halfway in. And I just, I was like, there's no fucking way that this guy's dick is this fucking big. I can't take it. I just took that as, like, because she's, like, 5'4 and he's, like, 6'4. Just, like, a, they just have, like, different body Type like, go on about how big his fucking dick is. That's just like every romance. I didn't. I was unbothered because that's like every Sometimes book that we. I'm like, can we just have an average fucking dick? And her saying like, "Fuck me, like you hate me." I was like, he, "When has he ever hated you?" Like it's the reverse. Like, 
Yeah. I, I, again, I was like, I just wasn't into this couple, and I was kind of bored with the story, so then the spice was not enough to reel me in. Well, I'm trying to get through it, I promise. <laughs> no, um, I know. So, so, Saucy doesn't get to really enjoy all of her high, though, because Aaron is immediately a judgy little asshole, um, and goes so far as to, like, throw off their practices. And thanks to Ryan being a good friend to Stassi, Nace also learns that he tries controlling her diet by, like, writing her a meal plan, but, like, really having no background in it. And Ryan, as her friend and friend with benefits for, you know, that the duration yeah. of that relationship was like, I'm concerned about this. I feel like it's, like, one but, from the beginning, he's, like, he, like, always is, like, trying to get her to eat and, like... So you, like, we've been hearing about it before, and then this is when you kind of, like, get, like, he gets more detail on it. It's interesting, too, because when Ryan, Ryan has, like, just, like, peak boy metabolism, where he eats garbage all the time, he's but he's a athlete, player. he's, like, burning it off, and Stassi's like, this is too much, like, you were just, like, inhaling garbage. And I think it's interesting later on, because when Nate starts to help her with this, he leaves all of the control in her hands, but it's still, like, encouraging her to explore, like, different meal plans. So it's – you've got two guys that have are well-intentioned, but the way that they go about it and the way that Stassi responds to it as a result are a little bit different. Yeah. But, I do have some – I have qualms about how the, like, eating disorder and the food thing is handled. I've, I have spent days <laughs> preparing for this, so <laughs> – I'm ready for it. So Aaron tries controlling the relationship even more by blaming Nate for an injury to his arm that he receives. Yeah, like it's like it's Halloween and I do have to talk about this because this killed me. The entire hockey team is their Halloween costume is the fucking minions mm -hmm. from Despicable Me. Enough with the minions. I hate it. So I was like, I know this is supposed to be fun, but I hated it. I was like, and I, then I feel like Nate that's like dressed like fucking Gru, and then they hook up at a club, and he's dressed like Gru, and I was like, this is killing me. I, I mean, that's like peak college boy. It is, but it fucking. Kills. I was like, oh, nothing <sighs> is less sexy than fucking Gru from Despicable Me. Maybe the minions are less sexy. I don't think he had, like, a bald cap or anything on. I think he was just wearing, like, a zip-up and, like, a scarf. I don't feel like it was that bad, but um, they do have sex in a bathroom at the club, though. And I'm not into bathrooms because bathrooms are gross. And even if this is, like, an elite, like, hot new – or Which not New York. I was going to say L.A. club. kids, you know that Yeah, I've rough. been to college kid clubs. Um, I was at a club recently – and the start of the night, the bathroom was fine. Not even halfway through that night. So I remember one of my friends came in and she was like, the bathroom is a nightmare. Yeah. And uh, it was. I. That's why was. I'm like, like, okay, good spicy scene. Just put it literally anywhere else. Um, Get back in the Uber. <laughs> but with the arm injury, uh, Nate, self-sacrificing captain of the hockey team that he is, tells the coach that he was the one who pranked Aaron. Uh, he was blaming him anyway, um, causing the injury, potentially costing Saucy sectionals, and knowing, despite him knowing that no one on the team did anything. And Stassi takes some time to process and work with her therapist on her relationships with Aaron and Nate. And Aaron luckily heals in time, like just in time for sectionals. Yeah, because there's like a whole thing where like basically like 
the coach says that Nate is not allowed to play for the like any time that Aaron because he takes the blame. He's like, all right, as long as Aaron is not allowed to skate, like you are not allowed to play hockey. So you're benched yes. for as long as he can't skate. I did think it was dumb as shit for him to take the blame for this. And then, like, it does have, like, this big fight with him and Stasi because she's like, oh, like, I can't trust you. Like, why would you do that? You told, you literally told me that you had nothing to do with this when Aaron showed up. Um, and also, I'm like, what fucking college is this that nobody is actually, like, looking into this and investigating? Like, even the stuff with the rink. I'm like, why is no one investigating this? You, all these kids are fucking rich. They're like, Aaron's parents so rich. I'm like, so is Nate's dad. I know he hates him, but... Like, I was like, really? We're just going to be like, yeah, take his take his word for it. And then, yes, the, the genius plan that you should take to fall for this. <laughs> uh, speaking of falls, Erin uh, actually drops Sassy during her performance. Um, and so then, since he is once again injured and can't skate, that leads to Nate being benched again. And hearing that she was dropped sends Nate scrambling over to Stasi's apartment and they have a chance to talk things through a little bit. Then later she even let, agrees to let Nate be her partner while Aaron is doing whatever it is that he does to recover. Yeah. And also don't be concerned about how Stasi did on the performance because even though he dropped her at the competition, they still won. Her and Aaron still won their competition. I thought they just scraped through. I didn't think they actually won. No, they like win. They win. Oh, okay. Um, Nate has or no. She's still qualified. Nate has no illusions so maybe, about. Uh, so maybe it doesn't say if they won or not, but she still qualifies. No problem. Nate has no illusions about leaping into figure skating though, and or like being amazing off the bat, um, and is just like kind of happy to help Stasi however he can. And they've agreed to keep it in their respective pants for eight weeks to let her focus solely on training. Yeah. And then this is where he actually like gets a look at yes. her meal plan. Um, And I did, I feel like one of, uh, maybe I'll save it for my review, but I did have, my issue wasn't the fact that she had this eating disorder like clearly that's part of it is that she has an eating disorder and she's and Aaron is gaslighting her and making her this unhealthy meal plan. But it felt what really bothered me was the fact that she is a professional athlete who has dreams of going to the Olympics. And I had a hard time buying that she wouldn't know that she needs to eat a higher calorie count. And needed, like, to, like, and she needed a college boy to tell her this. That, like, oh, being, like, undernourished is dangerous and you could seriously injure yourself. And because you're burning off more calories than the average person, you need to eat more calories. So I feel like I would have, it would have bothered me less. So I was like, it, that kind of drove me a little nuts. And then needing, like, just from one college guy to another to just take care of what she was eating. I feel like I would have liked it a little more if maybe the coach, he was like, oh, like, he, I like that he does have the coach look over the meal plan, but I would have appreciated more like her working with a professional because she talks all the time about how she's in therapy and have been in therapy forever. Or like, even if it was just handled in a way where she knows this, but because she has like this eating disorder and is being gaslit, that 
then like she's like I know this but like I can't stop like I can't make myself eat more like I can't get over this I feel like that would have been more realistic than just like throwing this in to just have like a way to make Nate be a savior and like that's how it came off to me and it kind of bothered me I didn't really see Nate as the savior in that. He was like, I just want to help you. But again, everything went back to the coach. And he's like, like, this is like, this is what I would do. But it's it's ultimately up to you and your coach to decide what's best for you. And the coach just happened to say, like, no, this is like more. And then the coach does start to take more of an active role in it by the end of the book. So Stasi just gives um the like the meal prep part of her training over to instead of like with a peer to Mm -hmm. her coach but uh let's see i'm like losing my place in all seven seven pages i have feels like they go legging shopping they have her first practice together um and then she does ask aaron about the meal plan and of course he doesn't take it well he goes off and I was like, is anyone really surprised by this reaction? If so, what book are you reading? Because Aaron is trash. He's never once, like, an okay dude. He's always an ass. No, he's, he, like, is just a huge asshole to her and slut shames her and tells her to fuck off. Um, So she, like, moves out and starts living with Nate at the hockey house. Yes. And I know Stassi's stuck with him as her partner, but, like, holy shit, girl. It is time to trade in and trade up. Um. at least she gets, like, a cute practice session with Nate in, but Jesus, such drama. And then, like you said, Stassi moves into the hockey house as a temporary measure um, after Aaron's little fit, which I think Lola at that point, too, her her bestie, who's now dating another hockey guy, um, is also basically at the house the entire time. So it's the two of them yeah, are really out. Yeah, they basically have moved in. Yeah, so um, and it works well for the training and the new meal planning schedule and all of that stuff to just be with, since she's working with Nate anyway. Uh, Nate struggles <laughs> for his part uh, with some aspects of figure skating, but is largely a good sport about everything and even manages to deal cordially enough with his piece of shit dad during an impromptu visit. And he also takes Stasi to the pool to work on their lifts, a la Dirty Dancing. <laughs> um, and after four weeks of all work and no play, we I think everyone knew when they were like, oh, yeah, we're not going to do anything for eight weeks. Uh, they break halfway through. Uh, and right after finals, are banging out again. But nothing good can last. And a post-finals Christmas party is held at the hockey house. And Aaron shows up and runs his mouth about Stasi, And it's sweet Henry who finally shuts him up. And good for him. Because oh, yeah. the stuff that... I can't believe it took as long as it did for for someone to... Well, you know what? I guess not because they, like, he got injured and I was like, somebody fucking had to beat this kid's ass. Yeah. And Nate and Stassi blow off some steam and make some more in the shower. Um, and big thank you for incorporating the shower head into the edging scene here. Yes, I did because appreciate that. what a treat. I don't feel like that's used enough no. for as often as you get a sex scene in the shower like they're the they both it's basically sh- the shower is usually just there for ambiance uh, yeah that's exactly it it's just part of the background but it's not like yeah if you've got a detachable shower head what are you what else are you gonna do with it come yeah. on uh stassi is also finally comfortable enough at this point to agree to be in a relationship with nate who is really patient and thoughtful in the way that he communicates his needs 
to her surrounding this while being respectful of hers. He still may be second to Henry, though. So he finally fills Dawson on what had been going on with Aaron for the entire year, including him trying to get her into trouble with their coach, slut-shaming her behind her back to basically everyone, um, and suggesting that her adoptive parents only wanted her to fill a trophy cabinet, uh, which is when Henry punched him, and deservedly so. Yeah. And he's just very gentle and considerate with the way that he tells her. And he tells her he loves her, which is sweet, and it's the first... It's the first, like, I love you to happen in the book. And I like that it's platonic and not, it's not only with the romantic partners. It's like everyone and like all of, as much as the book is about like Stassi and Nate getting together, it's also about this like little friend group that is, is building up. Um, and Henry is a big piece of that with them. Yeah. It's very clearly a, like the start of a series. Yeah. So it's a lot of other characters. I did find at times, um, that it was maybe too much other characters and in interaction. Um, whereas, like, there were moments where I literally had to stop and I was like, who the fuck is this person? Like, there's, like, Russ and, like, a few of them. I was like, who the fuck is this? And so I feel like, I think that is a common thing. Um, but, yeah, I was like, I feel like if it focused a little more on, like, hey, these are a few of the other people. I feel but. like it's like feast or famine. Like we're we're always like this character doesn't have any fucking friends. Like they they're like not even close to being a real person. Or here where you're like this cast is fucking huge. It's just there's like twenty people in the yeah. main cast. Like it was so, one where I was like, like, oh, I didn't even mind. But I was like, oh, like I don't, I I didn't need her to like have friendships with every single person on the hockey team. Hockey teams are big. Like, <laughs> that's another thing I don't know anything about. So I was not. I, I have notes. No, I feel like most sports teams are pretty big. Like that's another that I'm like. Everything I know about hockey comes from Shorzy. <laughs> so I'm I am a I am a hockey girl. It's I like get the hockey sport I am into. from fiction. So. Uh, so I was just trying to think based on the last time I watched Shorzy, how many people are on the team, and that it is big. The locker room is very full. Now that I think about yeah. it, but I think again, most sports teams are pretty big. Actually, I feel like yeah. So, uh, after all of that heaviness with Aaron and his bullshit, Stoss and Nate get to head home for Christmas with a first stop in Seattle to see Stoss's parents. And everyone loves Nate, of course. Uh, and he gets a chance to spend time with a father who actually cares about his interests, which is new for him. And Stassi talks about some of her issues with Aaron to her mom and settles on keeping things solely professional between them because she does need him to achieve her dreams. So she's kind of like made the decision that they are just going to be pro like professional athletes together, like student professional athletes together. Um, but that their time like living together and being friends and stuff is over. Like she's like, I can't, I can't with this anymore. Yeah. And I think you also <clears> find <throat> out like, like before leading into this, um, Stassi has a lot of anxiety about her parents and being adopted and feeling like, Oh, like she loves skating, but her like she has like this irrational fear that she's been working through that like if she's not skating or doing well at it that they like won't love her but like she's like I know that that's not true so part of it is also like telling her parents like I don't want to talk about skating and yeah setting, like I want to talk about other things so like there is that and then um and then they go off I, I don't know I can't I couldn't tell how long, like, do they actually spend, 
Christmas with her parents? No, no right? it's just a couple of days. They go to Nate's Which house in Colorado. Weird. I'm like, I can't imagine in college if I was like, bye, mom, dad. I won't be here for fucking Christmas. Well, she doesn't travel. Like, Saucy established that she doesn't go home, like, at all. She basically yeah. stays at school and and works on training or whatever. And she work, she's got, like, a part-time job. So the fact that she went home at all was, like, the first time she'd been there in quite some time. But yeah, I don't. And my my mom would like murder me. Like my I, my right. My parents would be like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Yes. What do you mean you're not going to be here for Christmas? You'll see me for a day. Fuck the fuck you yeah. will. <laughs> so, but they they go to Nate's family home in Colorado, and at this point, both of them know it's love, but they don't know how about how to go about putting it out there. Although Nate does have to tell himself, "Don't tell her you love her during a blowjob, you fucking loser." And I didn't. I did laugh because it sounds very, uh, I can't say teen boy because he's in, he's got to be 21, 22. Yeah. I think but like college, think, college boy internal monologue. I think they're both in their 20s. She's 21. Right? I think he's, he's a he's senior. Like a year older than her. Yeah, she's least. a junior. He's a senior. So he's got to be 22 or close to it. Uh, but it, it genuinely made me laugh. But Nate shares more about his beef with his dad, teaches Stassi to play a little ice hockey on the frozen lake behind the house, and they talk a little bit about their future together. And things are going really well until Stassi heads out onto the lake on her own while Nate is out running errands and falls through some thin ice and Nate makes Following it. a deer. Yes. <laughs> she like sees a deer. It was like almost like the like Harry Potter moment with the like the Patronus where like she just sees this deer and she's like, oh, let me let me go to it and then falls through the ice. But thankfully she's on the phone or like Nate is calling her or yeah. comes home. So he hears her like scream and he rescues her. Yes. So he like just pulls her out like just in time and gets her gets her body temperature up safely. And then to a hospital, and then they finally tell each other that it's love. It's love, <laughs> and they have a sweet little Christmas gift exchange that turns spicy uh, until Nate's sister walks in on them as in the soon kitchen. As the seed started, I was like, I I thought it was going to be the dad. I was like, his dad's I was walking nervous. in on them. I was like, yeah. I was like, I don't know what it was, but I was like, they're not. I was like. Something's going to happen. Someone's going to see this that shouldn't see this. Yeah. No, the dad doesn't show up. He does summon them to a really awkward lunch. Uh, but it's like adult Aaron is like Nate's dad. Is what like the vibe that I got. He's like this I, arrogant, domineering figure yeah, that like what very, he says is the law. And it's, it's very just, weird because I couldn't tell if the goal was like, like it's to make him a dick, but then also like. I was like, is it supposed to be, like, resolved or something to come? I felt like it kind of doesn't, like, the stuff with his dad doesn't really go anywhere. No, I think this, like, this part with the, like, like Christmas, like, adventures, I know that the author probably wanted, like, a high-stakes moment to get the I love yous out yeah. in the open, but I just feel like we could have actually like cut out like the winter break totally and yes. and had like, that would have saved us like the yeah, there's 50. like a lot of just of random like weird things like they both see one of like their exes at dinner like separately like her yeah. when they go out with for dinner with their parents like both of their exes are working at the restaurants and then like there is a moment at one point like when he does talk to his dad like about. Like, what happened and basically, like, that 
his mom passed away when he was like a teenager, like, like an early teenage, like yeah. early teens. And she had been sick and I think she had cancer. And his dad was like cheating on her while she was sick. And it's like a whole thing. And like, so he has this moment with his dad where his dad is kind of like, people make mistakes and like, oh, and he, he like compliments Stasi. And it, so it is one where I was like, it's, I couldn't tell if the aim was that they were kind of resolving things, but it, yeah, it doesn't really go anywhere. I don't think, yeah, I didn't get the impression that they were trying, like, it was trying to be resolved. It's just that, like, he had some more context into what happened. Yeah. But that, like, some relationships don't, like, they don't get better. They just are, like, what they are. Um, but it was, the whole Christmas interlude was, like, a little little bulky. But, um, but thank God, they get when back. they go home, Aaron is, is clear to skate. Yep. He's better. It's, all, it's what we all wanted. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> no more pairs practice with Nate, who gets to go back to hockey. Uh, and it also means it's time for Lola and Stoss to move home and sort out their shit with Aaron, particularly yeah, th- for, for Stoss. And I think, like, Aaron suggests that they, um, like, go to couples therapy, like, for basically yep. to try to improve their partnership. And um, Nate is very upset about this. And, like, they get into an argument because she's like, oh, like... You know, like I need him. Like I, like I want to be his partner. Like I need him for my career and to get to this point. Um, so it's like that little tension between them because he doesn't trust Aaron's motives, which rightfully so. Yeah, like he's like, oh, you want to go to therapy with this therapist that he picked and all. That, which I was very concerned about the therapist, and thankfully it, it's not like a sus like therapist gaslighting or thing. No. At least, at least like the therapist is legitimate. It seemed. Yeah, but it but like but Aaron yeah. made some really calculated apologies and yes. and with the with him doing that and then so I was also concerned about the therapist. Um but it, there's just like a lot of hurt feelings going around at this point. Yeah, cuz he said some of the most fucked up shit I've ever heard someone say or yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah, and Stassi's holding on to this like idea of who he is when he's not like moody and she's like I know he has a bad home life and he's acting out and like what he knows about love is manipulation but she's finally like I've had enough of your shit like nothing it's it's not worth it anymore to be your friend yeah it is a lot of like a lot of things to like where you're constantly like why are you still skating with this fucking person yeah because this stuff with him is fucking bad you know even, no, yeah, even with the therapy it's like never at a point where it's like kind of okay and like, it, it's always awful he's always saying something mean or like gaslighting like he's yeah. always bullying her and that's not even talking about the fact that he's basically been fucking star having her starve herself for yeah. fucking like oh, like a couple of years and Stas says too that like she's like I don't think it is, I don't think it was malicious. It's just I don't think he is big enough to admit that he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, and he's trying to be like he's the one landing all of these jumps. Like he's he's the better skater. Like of course I would follow his lead here, mm-hmm. but it, he's really just making things harder for her. Uh, and and so Stas gets stuck between a boyfriend who isn't listening to her and a partner who's trying to manipulate her, and it's just like a lot for one college junior to deal with <laughs> at one time. Um, but the hockey team does give her some help and break down to Nate what he's not hearing from Stasi, and it finally helps him like connect the dots, and he gives her the apology that she deserves over dinner, and it's it's like a nice moment between the two of them. And, you know, sometimes you just got to, like, beat him over the head with it, I guess. Yeah, it's like, true. Sometimes you just need to hear it from someone else. Yeah. 
Because, well, because, like, they break it down. Like I said, like, the things that Stassi's not saying. Stassi's saying, I have to, like, I have to work with him. Mm -hmm. And the boys are like, she literally cannot, what she, you can't just find a new pair partner. Which I was like, I I will digress, but I was like, you can, it's hard, but there are um, a lot of other ways. Yeah. So so she could have. But but like in the middle of a competition cycle. If you want, if you're trying to get to, get to the Olympics and um, it it is, and it's not like a, you could just swap out your partner. Like it would no. be an effort. Although I do, it does seem like in this situation, it's probably warranted. Worth the effort. Like, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah probably. Would maybe it would be probably better in the long run for yeah. your sanity and emotional well being. So, um, and physical because he's fucking dropping you and yeah. shit. And uh, dropping her, but like, can can lift more than her easily. Yes. And it's and just, saying, like, oh, you're getting heavy. Yeah, what a dick. Uh, Pre-nationals, Stas actually has Nate stay over to calm her nerves. And by that, I mean eat her out and fuck her up against a bedroom door. That would calm my nerves before competition. So, like, I I feel like she's onto something. I am not – I've never played sports, so I can't tell how well it worked, but I would enjoy it. Yeah. (laughs) Then after – so, she is going to nationals – which just happens to be hosted in California, as these things are in romance novels. Uh, and Nate has a game against UCLA. Which is the team that, like, trashed the rink. Yes. So it is, like, a a big deal. And so after he finishes the game against UCLA... Can which, I add? Yes. Th- I need to point this out, because this drove me fucking crazy. That when they beat... They not only beat UCLA, it's... And this is a direct quote, a very comfortable 9-3. I don't think hockey scores went that high. 9-3 is a fucking insane score for hockey. Like, if you get, like, a 6, like, I think the Rangers and Islanders played an outdoor game uh, last weekend, and it was high scoring, and that was, like, 6-5. Oh, And that's, like, a very high, that's, like, not common. Nine goals. It's fucking insane. So I did think, like, there were moments with, like, the competition things that were just so over the top that it was ridiculous where it's like they can't just win and be good at things they That's have what to I was do gonna it in say. this like extreme way where i was like i was like do they ever just fucking tie well, that's what I was going to say is they, they Nate doesn't win, actually like, lose a game. Two, one? No, never. They've never lost. They don't lose a game at all throughout the book, which I read books about fucking dragons. So like, what do I know? But th- that's much more unbelievable. But I think I because like, it's, it's like in the modern day, like, and it's like, it like, I feel like with these settings, you're like, this could happen. Like this story for the most part could happen. <laughs> yeah. But not the score. <laughs> yeah. But after the game, uh, Nate has a quick chat with the captain of the UCLA team and gets some piping hot tea because Aaron's friends all go to UCLA and his original arm injury was from playing football with them on Halloween. Yeah, it was like, like fucking yes. around and finding out apparently. Some, like beach touch football or something like so ridiculous. Yeah. And Nate knows he's like, okay. My first instinct is to sell Stasi, but I know that this is the biggest weekend of her life and I need to wait and not just I'm not causing problems for her yeah, at this point. But I'm gonna I wanna go see he want he rushes to go watch her perform. Yes. Um But he doesn't have to tell her anyway because Aaron fucks it all up on his own. Yeah, they they skate the perfect skate and then right at the end, Aaron kisses her. 
who would not see that coming? What yeah. a twist. I can't believe this whole time Aaron's wanted to kiss her. That didn't seem plausible. And well, because they're skating to uh, Kiss Me by Six Months None Little Richard, too. I forgot about that. And then that detail's thrown in like at the last minute. It's always Claire to Loon up to this point in the book. And then she's like, oh, we're skating. To oh, s-. And I'm like, this wonder, is an edit. I wonder if this is, oh, it could also be. That I think is Claire de Lune their short program, if this is their long program. Yes, but Claire de Lune's the only one they ever mentioned practicing yes. until this point. And I was like, this is either an edit where it was always the, like, because this book has gone through a couple of revisions. Yes, I did um, read about that. That, like, I think, like, Lola, like, if you get Lola, but other, there's other versions where the best friend has a different name. Oh, yeah, it was Sabrina. And then with the, like, it, it went to Lola, I think, when it, was published like it may have been like an early draft of it was sabrina but it's lola now is that that character name um but when we say aaron kisses saucy we mean aggressively grabs her face and will not let go and she is like trying to push him away and can't get him off of her so yeah, and, so she's and understandably it. quite upset and then nate finally punches aaron In- um incredible yes he and- should do so much more just yes stab then, him with the skate yeah and then she decides that she's going solo yep. which again i was like girl you should well either like she should have gone solo or found another partner a while ago i like what she says i'd rather fail alone than succeed with you because that yeah. has my deep respect yes and he's terrible and so they go she withdraws from the competition they do really well uh she withdraws and she's like fuck it i'm out and by the time she makes it home to maple hills lola is already having the hockey boys move out all of their shit because she saw what was televised mm-hmm. and was like nope we're getting out of here so um they move out that night. Stoss later goes to the athletic director to rat on Aaron and his initial injury, which clears Nate before he graduates. And he had already been drafted into the Vancouver Vipers? Yes. The fictional name? Yes, fictional name. I was like, I, it was one, I remember texting you because I was like, this is driving, it, like, they don't, I think they only mention it very early on and then the name doesn't come up again. But I remember texting you because I was trying not to spoil stuff in the book for myself Mm -hmm. but it drove me nuts because i am a hockey fan and i was like it's the vancouver canucks like is like is there is this purposefully the wrong name or is this a mistake yeah and i was like i couldn't really find something without spoiling it but i think what i found was it's kind of like a trademark thing and you don't have to like it's a way to avoid paying like copyright things yeah because it's a trademark legal thing like nhl name it's the same with like song lyrics you can reference a song but if you put a certain amount of like lyrics in there you i think you have to pay royalties yeah so for any budding authors out there good to know but two and a half years later stas took gold in her pre-olympic debut uh, but then threw up her birth control from the stress. She has, like, a thing about throwing up before competitions. Um, and so now she's, like, very pregnant. This and epilogue. So I, I, like, I'll save my review because I didn't care for this book. But if I liked this book, this epilogue would have fucking ruined it for me. This is ridiculous. Like, I, the pregnancy thing actually was, like, one of my least beefs. It's two years later and not only has she fucking won an Olympic gold medal, I thought it was won the Stanley. No, she won a gold a Olympic gold medal, and he won a Stanley fucking cup in two years. I was like, really? She couldn't just make it to the Olympics. Uh, <laughs> this epilogue sent me. I was like, I can't with this epilogue. I almost popped an eye rolling my like my eyes so hard. 
but then he proposes on their baby moon, and it's very, like, sweet and tidy. And I thought that she won pre... Because they talk about her pre-Olympic debut. I didn't think that was her actually winning at the Olympics. No, she Because I thought she went medal. to the Olympics after. No, um, she won a gold medal. Oh, well. Didn't ruin my enjoyment. But <laughs> And that's it. We managed to fit, like, a 450-page book into, like, 56 minutes. So, all of that. Real quick review time. Let's do it. I don't have a quick, I can't have a quick review of this. I have a lot of thoughts and opinions on this. <laughs> you might as well just get them over with. So I, uh, ah, I'm trying to like figure out where I should, like, I found like the story, like it just gave me whiplash, but I was also so bored at times. Like it, I don't know how a book that does the absolute most could be so fucking boring. Um, like it throws all of these random dramatic things at you, but almost all of them add up to nothing. Like they add nothing to the actual plot. They just drag the story on by the time anything remotely exciting happened. I was like so bored that I didn't care and I was just annoyed. And then at like, it was 76% of the way through that I became resentful of how long the book was. I like that you know the exact percentage. <laughs> I made a note of it. Um, like, and it just, like, soured. And I was like, I am hate reading this book. And it was, like, simultaneously doing too much and not enough. Like, it was either so repetitive and boring or, or completely over the top. Like, there's so much drama thrown in purely for drama's sake. And it weighs down the story that, and then they go nowhere. Like seeing both of their exes at restaurants back home. At one point, Ryan, her former fuck buddy, makes a move on her at a party, but then nothing ever comes of it. And then, uh, like all the stuff with their parents, the girl Summer that he was into, he runs into her Christmas shopping, and she's like weird to him, but then it never comes up again. Or Nate has, like, a, apparently gets really serious migraines. And after they get into the fight where he takes the blame for it, he has this horrible migraine. Like, the quad. Like, there were just so many things. And I was like, what is the plot of this book? Like, what is the point? Um, there was a lot of info dumping about random things and characters that felt completely unnecessary to the story. You could probably cut a good chunk of the book out and it wouldn't make much difference. I think it's a common issue with romance series where sometimes the author focuses on trying to build a series instead of just letting the story that's being told take proper center stage. Um, at times, the other characters' interactions felt forced to me. Like, I was like, why does she need to be friends with every single team member? And why do I have to hear about her little interactions with all of them? And am I really expected to believe that an entire team of college boys are all just great guys? Um, I felt like the details in the story were in the wrong places. Like, why don't we get Anastasia's point of view when she's in the competition and Aaron's, like, risk gives out? Or, but we get an entire chapter on her therapy session or a full scene of Henry telling her why Nate won't abandon her. Um, or we hear secondhand, like, she comforted him during his migraines, even though she was angry with him. And I was like, this would be way more impactful if this is the scene that we actually got and got to experience. Like, I feel like that would have helped me connect more with the characters where, like, the scenes we got to me were very shallow and it prevented me from getting invested in the relationship. 
Um, and I just, like, it felt very hollow to me. The story gave me, like, really little to connect to. And then the spice did nothing for me. Like, it used lines that I would normally like, but they just didn't work for me in this situation um, because I didn't connect with the characters. And then, like, I kept being told they have this intense chemistry, but I wasn't feeling it. Like, there was no heat behind the words. And then, like, towards the beginning, I could at least see why, like, there were things that they would I would normally, like, oh, I would be into this, or, like, I would like that line. But then, as it went on, I felt like the spice almost felt AI-generated, like, as if the author just took a list of BookTok's favorite phrases and put it in chat, chat beat, GPT, and then that was the story, like, that was the spice scene, like... Um, like some of the lines genuinely made me eye roll, like at how hard they were trying. And I eventually, I found some of them like cringe and almost crude. Um, and then I don't, I just really think like overall that a story about college kids isn't for me. Like some of the stuff made sense for the characters of this age. And I was like, but I definitely outgrown it and I was like it made me cringe at times to think back on 21 year old me um like I think one of the biggest indicators for me that I was too grown for this book was when Nate used the line girly shit and I immediately wrote a note that said I can't fuck with a man who uses the phrase girly shit unironically and that was when I was like I'm too old for this um and I like just had a lot of beef with like like the lack of effort that was made into researching the sports that the author decided to write about, like the whole quad Lutz thing, like uh, the simple fact of like some of the hockey scores, like I would have liked to know, like I would have liked an author note that this is really nitpicky about the team name. Um, and like, like the eating disorder thing, like I didn't care. I, I thought like if she's trying to become an Olympian why was she only concerned with food outside of the obvious, like, eating disorder, but not with drinking and partying all the time, like, before practice? Um, I was like, alcohol is really high in calories, and it dehydrates you. Um, and I didn't love how the eating disorder was handled. I found it hard to believe that, like, a competitive athlete would with plans to go to the Olympics would have just, and goes to therapy, like, would have no idea that she needs to be high, like high eating higher calories and stuff like that. So it just, uh, I tried to find positives. Like the writing, uh, like isn't bad. I just felt like the biggest issue was that this book is really poorly edited. Like it desperately needed an editor, um, and I appreciated uh, the consent and also the attempt. As to be sex positive and actually having like a main female character that has a successful like fuck buddy relationship and like has casual sex and it's not like a thing that she is ashamed of so i did appreciate that um but overall yeah i was like this this book was not for me that really wasn't that long i've been watching I, the I timer cu i cut down a lot and i tried to talk really fast but that, i was like okay we gotta get started on this because it was it gonna be long, long in, in we're my already in, but no that was like not that long at all but so okay so what did you rate what oh. was your star rating and your pepper rating so my star rating was a two um and at, like at times i was like everyone i know 
really loved this book. And I was like, am I reading a different fucking book than everyone else? Um, and my pepper rating was, I put like between a three and a four. Like there's a lot of spice, but I was dry as hell for the most of it is my note. Oh, well, can't win them all. So uh, it's not for everyone. Sometimes book talk is not right that it's it's for everyone. I don't even think I got this one on book talk. Uh, I don't know where I saw this. This is a book talk, darling. Is it? Mm-hmm. I've like gotten off of book talk lately and been significantly happier as a result. Yeah. Um, but I don't know where I heard about it first. But yeah, but I'm the hater in this, so now you can you can make everyone feel bad. I feel like I always go last anyway, so this is just like par par for the course. But I enjoyed this the first time I read it, but I was really worried that this was going to be one of those right place, right time books, and that I might not enjoy it as much the second go round. Um, especially because I was like, I've been really busy doing other things that I've wanted to do. So when I was like, oh shit, I gotta reread this. Um, I was like, oh, God, I'm, like, going to tank my review just because I'm, like, not in the right place. But I I didn't really change my opinion of it. I enjoyed it as much the second time. And it made me kind of nostalgic for my college years. Um, although I would understand this subcategory of romance being for some people and not for others because college kids are, you know, unbearable in some ways. In the way that I was as a college kid. Oh, God, yeah. It's a But it's this weird time where you're I out of your awful. home. That, like, I feel and like you're, I'm like, I'm, I wasn't that awful. And then I'm like, no, I was awful. Oh, yeah. I, but it's this weird time where you're out of your home. You feel grown, but you're still growing and developing. You don't have it all together. You're just fucking up constantly. And you're also, like, you're studying, you're working. Like, for in this case, like, we have got two athletes that are basically have another job on top of what they're doing. Um, but I really enjoyed the characters. Henry especially, I'm sure you have gathered by this point, is is the best. And I can't wait for his book. Daydream is coming out this this year, I think. And I really like JJ too, who is a menace, but in like a sweet way. And poor sweet Russ. If you liked him. Um, Russ was is, the one that I was like, who the fuck is Russ? He's, he is uh, the main remember. character in book two, which is just very tonally different from Icebreaker. I read it when it first came out and I was like oh god these are like not at all similar but I loved the um the good-natured ribbing between all of the hockey players and the fact that you can tell it's rooted in like a love that they have for each other then I wasn't close with any athletes in college because I myself am not terribly athletic I was on the dance team I guess but I th- it's a different different type of athletic but I was really close with a fraternity and it reminded me a lot of the interactions like they would have with each other and the type of like relationships that they had in a really like in a positive way. And there's some solid inclusion in the book too. Well, there's queer characters, characters of color, potentially a character on the spectrum. Henry, I'm I not think sure. Henry, Henry does seem on on the spectrum. Yeah, there were also different types of disabilities and disorders among the cast that were included, and when necessary, discussed in like thoughtful ways. Like Stassi's disordered eating, her obsession with calories, um, was pretty like gently covered and then I think having her learn to cook to start to heal that relationship was nice because it, it left the control with her which is what she needed and what she was like working on with her therapist and then when it came to Nate and Stasi, they were the opposite of the miscommunication trope which is a relief after as much miscommunication as I've read in romance <laughs> like we get external conflict in the third act which is really nice 
because I just don't know if I can read another third act breakup. <laughs> like, they're just so rough. But it's it's nice to see imperfect characters who are trying really hard to be better and who make a point to really, truly apologize. And on a very minor note, I love that their relationship happens all out of order. Like, like what would be considered a traditional order? Like, they're friends with benefits a little bit, then they're living together, then dating, then they get pregnant, then they get engaged, have a baby, potentially get married after that. Like, go your own way, kids. And there's, like, nothing is perfect. I uh, I think there there's, like, a bunch of stuff that could have been done better. Some of it hampered by enjoy, like, my ability to enjoy the book. Like, first person is never my favorite narration type because I think it feels very telly and not yeah. very showy. It's like a reality TV, like a talking head confessional. It wasn't, like, it's not horrible. It's just not my favorite. If I pick up any book and it's first person narration, I'm like, all right. Um, I like a close third person instead. <laughs> um, but, and you definitely get that balance skewed. And it's it's more like tell than show because you're getting the direct Nate and Stoss POVs. And I think it needed another pass in editing. Some detail, like the program piece and like like details getting backfilled after being given a piece of information is was like a little jarring and it's too long. Like it's just no contemporary it's so rom- long. No contemporary romance over like 300, 350 pages maybe. It's like what it's like 438. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big one. Like I feel like especially I think especially for <laughs> contemporary where it's like you don't have what you don't have to world build. Yeah, like we know. Yeah, it's very very minor adjusting the details in the current world. But I love my my rating overall. I still had a good time reading it. It's just like a fun book. I also don't have a background in like ice skating or hockey. So anything that's like not believable there goes totally over my head because I don't watch either unless it's Yuria Nice or Shorzy. Um, so I left four stars and then I feel like for Spice is pretty spicy. It had some light toy showerhead use. So I feel like a four is fair there too. Yeah, because um, I felt like some of the scenes were also like a little more graphic. Yeah. Like not in a... Like, even though I found some of them to be a little crude, like, I don't mean that in, like, a, a like, a hardcore fucking porn, like, yeah. way, but, like, I, but they, I feel it's like they spicy. were, it's less, it, the language is less flowery around it. Yeah, for sure. And I think I mentioned this already, but I, I read the sequel, yeah, I said this earlier, I read Wildfire, and I enjoyed that, and I can't wait for Henry's book, because I think he's my favorite person. Although, if JJ got a book, I'd be excited, too. But... I feel like that was pretty quick, too. I feel like we're both sitting at, like, five, six minutes. But final question, do you think they make it? Um, I genuinely didn't think about Probably. I mean, I think... I don't have strong opinions on if they do or not. Your answer is, I don't care. I think also what it was, was, like, when I read this, it was right after I read House of Flame and Shadow, and that's like a series that I love with characters that I spent thousands of fucking pages like with that I'm like very invested in their story. And like, so I feel like it it was a little maybe like unknowingly like a little unfair that this was what I read, not immediately after, but like soon after. Yeah. And then right after this, it, it did have the bad luck of then after this, I read Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, which I fucking loved. So this was like sandwiched in like between two yeah. books I really enjoyed. 
But tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow had no effect on it because I read it after. But still, plug ha- for that book because it's really fucking good. It happens. I recommend it. I five-starred it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, yes. They like they both put work into the relationship. They're willing to listen, make themselves yeah, better. I, like I, They're getting buried beside each other. Yes, I, was sure. like, I feel like I didn't care for the book or like I wasn't that invested, but I wasn't like break the fuck up like i was no, ever like, not end like this now like like i was with her and aaron where i was like end this now yeah why are you like get away from him yes but uh is there anything we haven't talked about in this that you wanted to talk about i mean i could go on but i you don't really need to. your review is really not that long i, d- I tried to like because i had a lot written so i was like i tried to speed through and i tried not to also like rehash stuff that i went through in the episode where I was yeah. like, you don't need to hear me go on about my feelings about the eating disorder again. Well, that's it for Icebreaker. Uh, we are glad to be back. And thanks for... I think for- it was fun. Sorry. I was like, I'm realizing, I'm like, this is one of the few times that we've had very different opinions on a book. Yeah. Which is nice. Doesn't happen very often. Um, but thank you for joining us for our first review of 2024. We will be back in March to discuss the Kiss Quotient, which is actually referenced in Icebreaker. And I did not realize, but this is like very serendipitous. Um, but that episode will drop on 328. So you have almost a whole month to read along with us. And we hope to see you there. But until then, read what you love and, and fuck, fuck the, the rest. rest. If you enjoyed Shelf Pleasure, please feel free to bookmark us on social media. You can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, or like our page on Facebook at Shelf Pleasure Pod. For questions, concerns, or recommendations on future books, please email us at shelfpleasurepod at gmail.com.